campeones, campeones, ole, ole, ole. I fucking love it. MLS Aces episode 207. This is your host, Tom Sweezy. Um, I am joined by two very familiar gentlemen, if you guys are familiar with the podcast. First off, sitting next to me on the screen, if you guys are watching, Uncle Sam, Sam Nelson. How are you, bud? Doing fantastic. Excited to be here. Congratulations on your MLS Cup victory, Tom. It's very exciting. By the end of the night, you will not be congratulating me. You'll be hating no, no, no. Hey, how much one I... of us had to win MLS Cup first, right? Like <laughs> at some point, of us at, since we started. <laughs> so, like, it was going to happen. So, good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And if you guys are watching again on Twitch um, live or on YouTube afterwards, Jason Vivang sitting down below. Jason, how are you? I got the whole line to myself here. Feeling good. Bones <laughs> um, <laughs> not here. <laughs> I would say congrats, but like, I, I I consider it a win for the podcast that someone has a team that's decent. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I'm glad I could do that for us. I'm really It's like I'm someone really in like I upstate could... New York going like, oh, it's a win for New York because NYC. <laughs> totally <is> <laughs> it's like, oh, a win. <laughs> um, well, if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, then yes, me, Tom, I am a NYCFC fan. And then and welcome to a really Whoa. great episode for listening to the podcast too. Um, but more than welcome to have you join along on this. But I'm an NYCFC fan, and New York City FC did go on to win the 2021 MLS Cup over the Portland Timbers. Obviously, that is going to be a big chunk of this episode that we are going to talk about. Our reactions, me getting obnoxiously happy, and obviously talking about the Timbers as well. Um, Dive a little bit into some of the craziness that has already begun in the MLS offseason because the MLS, the 2022 MLS season begins in February, which is absolutely crazy. The earliest start for... Yeah. Two. two months, I guess, at this point, right? Oh my god, um, time goes too quickly. Thanks, FIFA. It's this is <laughs> this is going to be a, a crazy, crazy window. Um, I guess short off-season window for Major League Soccer. Who's leaving the league? Who's transferring teams? And we'll, we'll get into some of the big moves uh, a little bit later on this episode. But again, if this is the first time you guys are listening to this, then you don't know that the MLS Aces podcast is brought to you guys by Soccer Ninety. Give the gift of soccer this holiday season. Shop Soccer90.com and find the perfect gift for your soccer-loving um, loved ones. MLS, U.S. Men's National Team, U.S. Women's National Team, International Club gear, all available. If you can't decide what to get, then you can just go on to Soccer90.com and get them a Soccer90 gift card and let them pick out what they want for this Christmas and this holiday season. MLS Aces listeners, you guys listening, watching right now, Sam, Jason, you guys too, um, you guys can get 25% off at checkout when you use the promo code MLS Aces on Soccer90.com. Again, that's MLS Aces, MLS Aces at Soccer90.com for 25% off your checkout when you use that promo code thank you nice to soccer stuff. 90 right there right there go look look at the screen look look at jason's Yo, screen if you guys are boom. watching this never take Yo, we're, away. we're on the website like I, I haven't been on the website in a while like that's our logo on the that's so cool yeah if you guys go that. to soccer90.com we are on there next to a bunch of other podcasts and shows that they have uh they also sponsor as well and those but are you all know who's fantastic awesome. shows exactly <laughs> um you know it's us um, and then if you guys go to MLSAces.com, our website, 
we have Soccer 90 on there as well. Just to remind you the promo code to use, a link to their website and everything like that. You can also check out some blogs that have been getting um, added a little bit more recently. Uh, I've, I've been doing some blogging over the past two weeks or so. Find out a little bit more about us, other podcasts that we do, and everything like that. Um, boys, boys, let's talk about MLS Cup because I don't remember what happened. Won. Did something oh. happen? <laughs> Sam even, and I were on the same page. <laughs> even the little bit that we were chatting before we started recording, I think we had a little bit uh, of maybe mixed reaction there. But for me, I feel like up until the later stages of the game, this one was pretty boring in my opinion. So I guess kind of leading up into the the 90th minute goal from Felipe Mora, what were your guys' takes? Jason, I'll start with you, I guess, kind of leading up until that point, right? The main I'm going to be this game. completely honest. How do you call a game boring where you're winning 1-0? Like, you got to just be happy. Okay, I'm saying I'm putting <laughs> I would be, If the fire were up 1-0 for, like, how long? Probably He's never been up ever. guys. That's what we're learning. Okay. I would be sitting there ecstatic. I'd be like, just hold, just hold. Come on, come on. I don't I'll even care this. if no one else wants to watch. I would be Me ecstatic. personally, me personally, the Cooligans and every other NYCFC fan were loving that, that entire game. Okay, yes, point. but I'm yeah. saying for the average – Neutral, Neutral. non probably the only people who were loving that moment were the NYCFC fans and Seattle Sounders fans. Only people loving that entire game. Uh, So, yes, for the neutral, (laughs) maybe. Um, are they a real club? Um, but for the (laughs) neutral, like you guys, (laughs) what were your moments? What were your feelings up until? Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I, I just love MLS Cup, like. It's, it's like the epitome of the season, right? It all comes down to that one game. So even in like a boring, like not as exciting game, I mean, <clears throat> it's still exciting, right? Because especially as, as the clock keeps going, like you know Portland, who's down 1-0, is just going to start throwing everything they can, which, I mean, obviously it ended up in this case being really good, but uh, and like yeah. it, it really turned the game around. But it, I like to see how teams sort of adapt to situations and you know when you go one up are you going to sit back or are you going to keep pressuring or how do you play basically in those situations and obviously that makes her sometimes not the most exciting game it's not as back and forth as it maybe could have been but mm-hmm. i mean i still enjoyed watching it as a neutral i was like this is this is just fun like there's a lot of people I mean, like Sorry, you, your audio just crapped out, Jason. Yeah, I know. I just stopped talking because <laughs> you started talking. I don't know. We're going to oh, have yeah. this problem yeah, again, I guess. What happened? Yeah, no, it's, it's good, Jason. We'll, we'll figure out your internet issue at some point. But I, for what you're saying, for, for I got 95% of what you're saying, I can understand that. MLS Cup is just a fun time, right? It's a negative and a positive. I feel like in a lot of people's brains yeah. of like, it's this, this is it. This is what you wait the entire season for. And this is the game to watch. But then it's like, as soon as that final whistle blows, it's the off season and you have to wait for, for more MLS games from your team and everything like that. But Sam, for the, the, I guess, again, the majority of that game, how is your feelings as a DC United fan and absolute neutral within this that, one? Does that make me a neutral if you're technically like a rival? I don't know. Um, I really enjoy. I I enjoyed the game. I thought I thought it was fun. It's one of those things where, and as someone who watches MLS a lot, you go, okay, New York City just scored. 
Well, Timbers have been here before. The last time that they got scored on in MLS Cup, they uh, got smoked by Atlanta. All right, like this team does not want that to happen again. They're going to want to put their front forward again. And like they – they look good. Like, and they, they tried and, and they did. They got that goal at the end of the game. And it was, I, I really enjoyed it. And I had my kid watching it with me. And she, for a less than two year old, watched a soccer game. Yeah. And that was, that was pretty cool. And then she cried during penalties because uh, Portland scored. So I guess my kid <laughs> likes New York City, which was really weird. <laughs> She's got great taste. She's I, got great I, taste. I guess so. like, it was very strange. But look, like, um, I, I thought it was a, a fun game. Like it, it was uh, for a neutral, as as I guess I am, and, and Jason kind of was too. Uh, Timber Jason. Uh, can we start calling him like Fire Jason in the off season? And really get this back. To it? <laughs> like, I, um, well, the fire I thought, don't like any of my tweets. <laughs> Oh, yeah, shit. the Timbers follow Jason. That's no, they the don't thing. follow. Wait, what? I was going to say. Uh, what? I wish they followed. Never mind. Me. If they followed me, then yeah, that would be tough. Man, that'd be they just all like right. all my tweets. That's cool. I think okay. that is the next thing we need to push on social media between the three of us is yeah. uh, is bullying the Timbers admin into following Jason. <laughs> he he I think that's fair. Whoever is doing it, Jason's got to change his um <laughs> his avatar to to him with the I did Timbers I Joey. It to me, finally, there you go. I don't think. Yeah, but the timber, the timber Joey, you would be. Oh my god! I can't do that because every time I tweet about a fire game, people are gonna take me not seriously. (laughs) Who is this guy? That's true. All right, let's get back to the game. Obviously, you know, there's no MLS Cup without a little bit of drama, and if you guys don't remember off the top of your heads, yeah, dude, like that thing didn't inflate, and like (laughs) it was so weird. Oh, Oh, the athletic wrote about that. Like that, that was drama, wasn't it? That was total drama. And I'm talking drama. more about the, the Maxime Cheneau. Oh, okay. Yes, the on-field. The, the Maxime Cheneau handball that, that wasn't called, that everyone was screaming that should be called. Um, and then in that, you know, stoppage on the Felipe Mortigal, Maxime Cheneau, again, being involved, getting pushed down by Laris Mabiala and not getting called. If you guys don't remember, it's totally okay. I didn't put it in the notes to talk about. It's a, just kind of it was a long game. Right now. It was a very long game. All I want to say about that is handballs are such an interesting call nowadays. I think if it got called either way, a handball for a penalty, I personally wouldn't have been upset, but it, I, I, I can understand it. And if it, uh, if it didn't get called like it didn't, I think totally understandable as well. And I think the same thing um, with the uh, with the with the push at the end of the game from Mabiala on Cheneau, again, totally with the game how the the way the game was being called, totally understanding not being called. But do I think it could have been? Yes. I think Jason. that like in in big games like this. It's it's good when it's not called unless it's like completely blatant, because it's, yeah, it's better to like, see them. You know, I mean, obviously the Mora one it ended up in a goal, right, with the Mabiala push. Yes, but like I'd rather see it in like them miss like a questionable call than than just like be calling everything. I guess I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, look, I, I don't think, especially in the stopping second, the ending seconds of an MLS Cup final, you're going to make that call in the box. And I know yeah. some people like Dell in the in the Twitter chat right now that I'm going to throw <laughs> up are calling Chanel a baby. 
Um, Tom's like sick grin this whole time is really fun. Like if you can't like watch this, like if you're not watching this, it's even so this. funny. Honestly, I didn't even know we had comments here the whole time. Like, Tom's <laughs> like, That's not fair. And he had a handball, and he's just got the biggest grin because it's like it doesn't matter. Because guess who has the cup? It's awesome. I mean, look, at, I'm not trying to fuck with day, you, Tom. Like I do, I love it. No, because like it no, doesn't look, matter at the, at the end, end of the day. day it's does true. It? Yeah. At the end of the day, we raised the cup. And yes, Chanel can people can call out Chanel for being a baby. I'm sure there's points where he was crying for calls and didn't get it, whatever. But at the end of the day, like he really liked that grass. He really liked the grass. You know, Mabiala. Well, it's, he's it's probably Portland, talking to like they're they're really nice and green. <laughs> That's fair. That's but, a good point. Yeah. At the end of the day, everyone, in especially goal. in a final, is going to <laughs> is going to cry for calls. And I think that every player is going to do one on every team. If your favorite team is an MLS cup or in a cup final and that, you know, your um, like your player isn't passionate about trying to get a call. I think that that's maybe a, a worse thing than, than not, even if it's like, look, a team that I hate and like, they're absolutely crying for crying for a call. I get it. I may not agree with the call or agree with what they're doing, but I get how every team does it. If you can't admit every team team does does it, then you're already putting it at a disadvantage. Exactly. Exactly. But um, let's, I guess, let's let's skew this and then let's focus on, I guess, the storylines that are going to come out of this. And obviously I want to start with the winners, NYCFC. Um, And Jason, I want to start uh, yeah, that is who won. I know that is who won. It's crazy, right? Was, I guess I never really said good. I never said that we won in, in penalty kicks, which also gave me an absolute mini heart attack. Um, it was a good time. You, you look know, good. There's also you look like you had a good. You look like you're recovering well. And he definitely looks 35 now, but it's fine. <laughs> is that gray hair? Bro, the grays are coming in naturally right now. I'm not liking it, but. Um, <laughs> Um, actually, I want to take a quick step back. My brain is everywhere thinking about this game. Like, I thought I was calm and ready to talk about it, but then thinking about everything that happened, like, my brain is still just pouncing off. The oh, walls. yeah, no, that definitely will happen. <laughs> so, Tati, Tati scores in the 30, 41st minute off of a Maxi Morales free kick header that yep. Steve Clark probably should have saved, probably shouldn't have gone in the back should've of the net. At the end of the day, lucky should've bounces. Tati, Tati, honestly. <laughs> Uh, golden but, boot winner scores a goal. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, the storyline's great, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's kind of important but, to your team. Yeah, you know, a little bit. And and Pep, yeah. Pep likes him a lot, too, which is Pep awesome. apparently uh, likes him a lot. <laughs> but um, that moment, I want... Sam, I'll start with you. What do you yeah. think my reaction was when that ball goes... Your reaction? Oh. It's all about me today. I assume absolute <laughs> hype. Like I can't honestly, I can't imagine because I haven't watched MLS Cup with DC in it. So like, I don't know. <laughs> I'd be pretty fucking excited. I'd be jumping up and down. So I hope you were too. Like, yeah, especially I, a lead I, I against lived... the team was were Timbers technically favorites in that game. They were I technically think... favorites. Okay, so then I'd definitely be a home team. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'd definitely be hyped if I were you. Look, the neighbors below me in my in my apartment building probably hate me after that goal. I left a note probably... on his door. <laughs> he left like a thirty rack of beer and was like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> um. So that's the one goal, right? Obviously, very happy, ecstatic. Again, 
Uh, Clark probably should have saved it, but whatever. You go yeah. into the half up one nothing. Um, then the the moment that absolutely ripped my heart out, and I, I will talk about my reaction to that, was in the 90th minute. Oh, I wanted to talk plus. about your reaction. I'm just surprised so, that window is still intact behind you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a balcony right over there. Yeah, that's not his that. TV watching room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> Um, so yes, the, the 90th minute goal from Felipe Mora off of that, uh, Larry's Mabiala push on Chino and all that stuff. <laughs> Jason, what do you think my reaction was to that one? You were, uh, there's no way you didn't get on your knees at the very least. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, and scream was... out in agony. <laughs> so both hands up. There's no Tom way you did didn't... get mad on Slack yesterday. <laughs> nope. No, <laughs> yes, I did. Get, I honestly, that was probably the most mad I've ever been on Slack with that, <laughs> with that moment. But, um, but yes, you're, you're right. I was standing in front of my TV. I was standing in front of the TV with my phone recording ready. I'm like, oh, we're seconds away. This is it. More than ten. Oh, that's away. even funnier. <laughs> so you recorded no, the goal. <laughs> Mora scored in the ninety in ninety plus three. Sam, there was Did legit he? probably like oh. fifteen seconds. Okay, I'm so ready. are you telling I'm me recording. this still exists on your phone? Is this gonna uh, go no, on Twitter? Like, oh my god! I deleted that. I want to see. Just the put reaction. it on been, Slack. Put it on Slack for all of it, us. It has been deleted. Um, it is in no, but not deleted, deleted, not deleted anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So I'm standing in front of it. That Morris scores, and Jason, you are correct, completely dropped to my knees. I don't oh throw my, my hands up in agony. I just oh. go. Oh, in my, to the face. That was number two. Uh, hands to the face. Go on. Yeah. Hands to the face, you know. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, right, we go through extra time. Nothing really happens in extra time. You go to PJs nothing happened. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it really you know, was there was no like nothing. Nothing happened. Yeah, it was really there was a shot or two. Stupid. We all knew. I think like, everyone I don't was, know. I felt but the like tension was, was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, there was a lot of tension in those periods. I was standing yeah. a lot through that extra time. <laughs> it was it was pretty. Tense. Oh, you were. Bro, I, I did laps around my apartment. Well, I was I was holding the kid <laughs> who was who was rooting for your fucking team. So <laughs> that's her team. That's her team now. That's her. Yeah, team. yeah, um, I know. We have, we're gonna have to talk about that later. Maybe she likes light blue. Maybe that's not good. Maybe. No team in this area is in light blue. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at, look, at the end of the day, uh, Sean Johnson makes two saves during the PK shootout. Stud. Alexander Kynes. Puts away, puts away the winning PK. NYCFC raised the cup. Um, first thing I want to talk about after the game is Sean Johnson and Jason. I know you and I both have our love of Sean John. He oh, has wait, been the starting wanna, keeper. Yes, I clap give a too. round of you, applause. You, wait, can I can I wanna, say something about that last penalty though? Go for it. Did, did you? All right. So Tom, I assume you were celebrating right away. Jason, you watched the game live, didn't you? Yeah. Did you like the kick happened? It went in. And for some reason, something on my TV, it like almost went quiet for a second. And it felt like the refs were going to call it back for some reason. And like, I don't, I don't know I why, but it was, it was like, it was kind of quiet. Like he was celebrating on his own and like, then everyone rushed in and I went, well, they're not going to call it back. Are they? Like, I don't, like, I don't know what rule would have gotten broken, but I was I, so confused. And then everyone just kept celebrating. And I said, oh. <laughs> it, it like nothing oh, must it? have happened. It must have been my TV being stupid. I didn't. I, I don't know. I honestly thought that was gonna get saved. 
Yeah. I don't know why. I just had this little suspicion they were going to bring it back even. Because that would have put it two saves each. Kyan's bangs. He hit it hard. He was good hit. Didn't he also scored the the winning? He did. He did. He the right way. And I thought he was going to save that. Yeah. Well, Kyan scored the winning PK in the Revs PK shootout, and then he scored the winning PK in MLS Cup for a center back. It's time to sell him. Peruvian international center back. He's an MLS Cup winning center back. Time to sell his ass. Um, (laughs) No, but look, I want to start with Sean Johnson because he was the MLS Cup MVP. He was the captain of the team. And again, Jason, you and I have both had Sean John as the starting keeper of our favorite team. So you and I know how special of a goalkeeper he is, even for, um, I've said it on the podcast before, great guy. Not the best regular season, but these post this postseason, he was absolutely fantastic. He is an 11 year MLS veteran, finally raised that's, his first. That's Friday. His his first <laughs> MLS Cup trophy. So congratulations so to Sean John there. Um, 157 games played for NYCFC. He's the all time leader in that's games played crazy. for New York City FC. That. That's nuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I mean. So that's not including U.S. Open Cup. I don't think there is enough U.S. Open Cup appearances for any player to jump him. So just want to throw that out there. Wait, what is um, the number you have? One five seven. Mine's showing on Wikipedia. It shows one sixty three. That might. So I think Wikipedia. Three. Maybe that's U.S. Open or Cup. friendlies or something. You could include friendlies. Not really that many. He has, I, he has in uh, eleven years. He's probably had. Some he has one seventy six with the fire. Still got more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he won the cup. Gosh. He won the cup with us. That so. is okay because that we're not. We're an incompetent around. franchise. Okay, we never even. Finished <laughs> <laughs> um, you won a cup your look, first year. Shut up, Jason. <laughs> I think... Yeah, and then it's been horrible since. <laughs> I was like a baby, bro. <laughs> it's true. It was like that four years true. old. <laughs> Sorry, so no. I think when when you now you're good when you look back at Sean John and you look back at his MLS career finally being able to raise you know that that trophy at the end of the day right his first ever club trophy um and everything like that I mean I think you have to look back at him as kind of finally getting that final accomplishment for for being considered among the great goalkeepers that this league has ever seen because he's done it for 11 years he's been 11 years in the league yes at this point he is not like Ramondo status but he has to be slowly rising up that list. And, I mean, Jason, again, he, you saw him play for the fire. And, I he's mean, he was, always a, been he was sick back then. Always, I feel. Yeah. Like, he's never mentioned with, like, Bill Hamid, which, Sam, obviously you have Bill Hamid. I think so, Sean Johnson's pretty damn close. I think Sean Johnson's I think Sean one Johnson's of the best above distri- Bill Hamid. Yeah, okay, like, I was going to say that. Like, I think he is. And, like, I mean, obviously his U.S. Men's National Team call-ups have proved that, too. But, like, I think I think Sean Johnson is, like, when he got signed by New York City, like, from Chicago, I went, oh, shit, this guy is, like, pretty fucking legit. Like, coming from, no offense, Jason, a pretty bad fire team <laughs> to, like, offended. an NYCFC team who was, like, <laughs> on the rise and, like, looking for good yeah. talent. Like, yeah. to get Sean Johnson, I went – Oh, this guy must actually be pretty I went, freaking oh, good. No. Yeah, uh, okay. So we had different reactions, but we get it. <laughs> um, I think Honestly, he has the best dis- distribution for a keeper. He's in, really in yeah, he's good. His distribution skills, I think, are unmatched in the league. Um, Almost once I a think, game, he gets he gets a ball, and it and it becomes yeah. like a counterattack so fast. 
There's not is is this a is this an unrealistic statement because I've made unrealistic statements at the end of season episodes before? <laughs> I think Sean Johnson is the third best goalkeeper in Major League Soccer, current present day right now. Oh, present day. Um, yeah, present day, who, not who all time. Your first two. I think it's Turner, Andre Blake, Sean John. No. Eli Who is above? Eli Room uh, is not better than Sean Johnson. Stephen Fry is number three, easily. You think Fry is still above Sean Johnson? I think Fry is still above Sean Johnson. I think, still above Sean Johnson. <laughs> I think Johnson's probably four, but I think I think Stephen Fry is probably top right three, now. So. Yeah, like today, you'd rather have Fry over Johnson. Well, look, like one guy just won MLS Cup and one guy didn't. I feel yeah, like that's you're really, saying you would take that's the guy really that annoying to be like right now, like right now. <laughs> I mean, one guy is also like 34 and was injured for half the season. Yeah, and I'd still 30, take it. 35. <laughs> like, to be I fair, when, when he plays, like he's he's single-handedly won so many So that guy has literally won MLS Cup from the jaws of defeat for Seattle <laughs> twice. <laughs> so did Sean John. I mean. Once. <laughs> he beat the Supporter Shield revs by himself, too. So that's fine. That's fair. That point. Says, uh, um, fair point. I don't think Brad Guzan. Yeah, Brad Guzan is definitely not better. Brad Guzan, I think, is still a starter no. in MLS for sure, but no. he, he's not. Um, <laughs> he's not top ten goalkeeper in the league. Eh, maybe ten. I don't know. <laughs> but, Once Atlanta gets a new um, goalkeeper, get ready for it to just go off. Like yeah, some some exactly, like right? younger like twenty five year old who can stop the, everything. The There's kid like, that they have control. playing, yeah, it's done. The kid they have playing at Atlanta United too. They I don't know. he I don't Rios Rios Novo. Do you remember um the start this year when they were doing when they were playing in Concacaf Champions League and that the third string goalkeeper, this young kid, had to come in and oh. like, make saves because all that of that. that that's, this kid, Rocco Rios Novo, he's like 19. He's oh, coming shit. from some like Costa Rican club on loan. He's sick. Okay. I think so, Slonina is, cool. is number two. Who is? <laughs> the Fire's yeah, like, seven, the fires, like yeah. 17 year old who, who is good. apparently like the he's highest good. rated like 17 year old really in the world. <laughs> He's, He's going to be yeah. really good. No, he already I is. I hope yeah, you Sam. keep him. So when, when, transfer, when transfer mark <laughs> dropped that he is the most expensive 17-year-old goalkeeper hyped. in the world, I, I said no shit. What other 17-year-old in the world right. is really it's, starting at a certain a, level? Apparently some kid in Russia, and that was the only other one. <laughs> like, that's cool. it. He's also getting a lot of experience playing for the fire. Yeah. Well, yeah. like you just said, like, yeah, a lot he's of getting a lot on. of shot-stopping <laughs> ability. Like, that's... Yeah. All right. Let's, let's I mean, circle back. This is, this is NYCFC's yeah, time. Back to this the, is NYCFC's oh, time. sorry, champion. <laughs> so we, we talked a little Sean, John. The other, the other player that I wanted to mention about kind of maybe cementing an MLS legacy a little bit is Maxi Morales. And maybe I'm pushing this narrative no, I, because I, I like want that. to. Okay. So... Just to kind of give the listeners that one. But the, the one ah, thing that I want to okay. say about Maxi 
is 145 games played for NYCFC. Again, um, I think he's number two or number three all time in NYCFC appearances. He This has been the most of games he's ever played for a single club in his career. He has had that 20 assist single season in 2019 for NYCFC, and he is the club's all time leader in assists with 67 overall. Like Maxi has definitely established himself has established himself as an NYCFC legend. But when you like look back at the at, at the number 10s that this league has had and the, the absolute dominant assist creators that this league has had, do you I don't like I feel like the average person doesn't think of Maxi Morales and like should they think of Maxi Morales? I don't know if, if that's a fair question. But Jason, when you think of number 10 in MLS, who do you think of? Because I have a name in my head that's like that's the guy. And Honestly, the why. first two names like that I think of when it comes to that is like Almiron or like Giovinco. Interesting, because like, I think Diego recent. Valeri, like that's my name I right think, away. And I think Nico Ladero. Ladero's a good one. And I don't, I don't think 10, Morales is on yeah. that level yet of those, even just those four that we just. Oh, made. I don't know about that. I think he's bro. Yet he's the he's dude's pretty 34. up there. <laughs> like, he's, well, he's done. I mean, age is I mean, he's he's an NYCFC legend for sure. I think Maxi's been one of the better attacking midfielders in the league for a while. Like, I, but I, I, but, I, but like, sorry, go for it. No, no, no. I just like I, I think like you compare if you're going to compare him to like Ladero or you know Valerian as prime, like it's very different. But I think Maxi is not just serviceable, but like he's a very, very good like. <laughs> I would have taken them on on my team a while ago. Like, yeah, yeah, he, but isn't the, isn't what we're comparing like their whole career? Oh, and are like, we? Oh, I'm do you want to say at, his whole career? I, I mean, like, I, I'm looking at like the MLS legend, right? Like when when you know when MLS dropped like the best like 25 players in league <laughs> no. history. Like you you look right. at one of those types of dudes, right? Like some someone that stands out to you noticeably yeah. in MLS history. Top I 15, think Max top 15 deserves deserves to be talked about, like. He had a 20 assist season in 2019, a 16 assist season in 2018, 11 assist season this past year at 34 years old. And then in 2017, his first year in the league, he had nine assists. Like, I, I think the, the guy's legit. And I just nearly double digit every season. Now that, um, now that NYC has won the cup, I'm kind of taking it as an opportunity to push my Maxi Morales love. So <laughs> I think this kind of, obviously cemented him as like if you want to say the mount rushmore of nycfc players for sure oh easy. i just i just yeah. think he, he he deserves a little bit more league-wide love because what he does uh i think is is a little unmatched for for apparently I, other star number 10s i think definitely for sure like league-wide currently there's probably 24 25 teams that would rather have him over what they have Maybe more than that, honestly. But yeah, so he definitely he definitely is like underrated for how good he is currently. Yeah, no, I think that's oh. totally fair. And I think if you ask, like you said, Jason, that's a good point. If you ask many, uh, probably GMs in this league, if you ask, you know, the fire right now, would you take a thirty-five year old Morales heading into twenty twenty-two? I mean, the dude just hit, hit fucking eleven assists this year. Nah, sure, I'll take him. You know, like. It, so I, I just I just wanted to give Sean John and Maxi their love because they were two of the absolute leaders on this team um, of like the veteran leaders, right? And then also just quickly want to touch on on Tati Castellanos and James Sands. I always think it's super nice when you have young players who 
are starters yeah. who are studs who are leaders on the field and they can um and they can kind of build their own legacy or start their legacy young in their career obviously we've talked about it a little bit this episode tati castellanos golden boot leader this year scores yeah. an mls cup now he's an mls cup champion pep guardiola's talking about him saying he's ready for a european move and apparently there's very strong um rumors tying him to west ham right now um so i guess when you guys look back at this 2021 season and sam i'll start with you um bing bong for sure Del. um bing bong. when we look back at this 2021 season sam tati castellanos this is like not that this is i think one of the single best seasons for any striker in league history i think that's no over overstated i think i've seen that a little bit but you have to say like this could be like you look back a few years later and be like tati really got his start in that 2021 season oh am i seeing that he's 23 years old oh shit yeah i thought yeah. he was i thought he was like 26 okay. no he's 23 oh that's even more impre- all right he it was a very good season like look it was and i think he had a very good like overall campaign and i, I mean obviously as a dc fan i was keeping up with him and um, Ola Kamara. Kamara had mostly penalty goals, though, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. And I was like, out of like, look, even if he scored one more, I think Tati was more fairly should have won that award. And he, he had a really good season. And I think it's only fair that he score the game or not the game winning goal, but the, the first goal in MLS Cup. Um, I don't know. I think West Ham makes sense. Could, Will he be successful there? I don't know. I, I've heard um, rumors about um, Belgium and uh, Turkey as well. That that I could see happening, but I don't know if that's going to yeah. stall his career. Um, you know, so but I don't know. I think know. the one I'm thing excited. about like about a whole move for for Tati would be like I I would think at this point City Football Group would want to keep him would, would want to keep him inside yeah, CFG, right? I sense. would assume. I don't think he's playing for Man City, so I'm not going to sit here and say that. But I think, you know, if he does go on and play for West Ham, I think it would be a sign and loan from City to West Ham. Um, And if it's not West Ham, I could see him, like, you know, again, signing to City, that type of deal, and then going on loan. Like Nick yeah, or Jack My Harrison guy. is more yeah. what I was thinking, but mixed discrude yeah. too. Mixed discrude, um, <laughs> the best. But you know, maybe go on loan to I think Troy is is a city football group club in, in France. Trois, sorry, I don't whatever. Know. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I was just I'm just saying. For, I took French in college, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think Girona or Girona, however the fuck Girona. you're gonna say it. I'm, um, it, it, the Spanish club, I can see him going on loan there. So I think there's yeah. options for him to, to get the jump to Europe. But um, Jason, I guess, is there anything about Tati or even James Sands that you want to touch on for this season? I think so. Tati is kind of interesting because, like, what you said, you're right. Like, league history wise, like, sure, it wasn't one of the best striker seasons ever. But I think it has to be looked at as like, his trajectory is really interesting because before he came to MLS, it was, he didn't have like anything wild, right? He was, it was like four years ago, three years ago. Um, yeah. And so once he got there in 2019, he had 11 goals, 11 assists, which was like pretty huge. Um, then he, I think he was injured last year, right, Tom? Partially. Uh, he was injured partially for the season. Yes. Yeah, and then this year he came in and he just hit 19 goals, 9 assists. Like, 
I think it's a it's a really good season for a guy who has just completely improved slowly. And he came off an injury. He probably wasn't looked at as much because of that injury. You know, obviously the stats were down. And he comes in this year and he absolutely smashes it. And he completely deserves a move. He's a young guy. Like he, he's one of those people who really could um, – what is the word? I don't know. Use this as like a springboard. I don't know. Yeah. There, yeah. No, no, I get what saying. you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying 100%. The Which kind of sad because, thing. I mean, leaving NYCFC is probably the best Would for suck. his career, but, like, it sucks for you guys. Yeah, like, look, he's an absolute starter with NYCFC, but obviously I think, you know, with where the league still is, players want to use this, like you said, Jason, as a springboard to jump to Europe to get that shot in Europe. Um, Because that's where most players see themselves playing when they're young or or they're going through academies or they're starting their career. They want to end up playing in Europe. So if, you know, Tati Castellanos at this point can give us a golden boot winning MLS Cup winning season and he wants to go to Europe, then, you know, thank you, (laughs) Tati. If that's the least he gave you, yeah, you'd (laughs) be pretty happy. (laughs) Go on and do you, Tati. Bing bong your way all across (laughs) Europe, you know. Um, The the one thing that I did want to say about Tati – so the other, the other, uh, the other day when I was doing research for this podcast, I was typing up notes. I completely got sucked down a rabbit hole and created an entire spreadsheet of every player who's ever played for NYCFC appearances, goals, oh assists. God. I just, thank God it hasn't I went been nuts. that many years. No, exactly. I could not That's go back to like players I, I couldn't do that. But talk, so this is not again not including U.S. Open Cup. I there I couldn't find consistent like records of that but tati castellanos in regular season play leagues cup ccl and postseason games he sits behind david via for um for goal scored second goal scored tati has 41 via has 80 he has doubled tati castellanos goal scoring at nycfc in 24 more games he scored oh 40 more goals Good in 24 Lord. more games. How many so, games played this year? Amazing. Uh, David Villa or Tati? Yeah. Villa. Which one? <laughs> Villa had 124 games, 80 goals. Tati That's has 100 insane. games, 41 goals. That's insane. So David Villa was just like one of the best players of all time, and he just showed up in MLS at the right time. God, that dude was good. Dav- David Villa also sits second in NYCFC all-time assists. So, just wow. that out to him. So, all-time so um, but he's one of those guys assists? that we're listing. <laughs> yeah, no, he he's third. He he's third. It's Sean John, it's Maxi, it's David Villa, and I don't know who I would put I don't know who I would put fourth at this point. But um I would still put Tommy McNamara just because I he's an, he's an OG pigeon. But um <laughs> The <laughs> my guy, Andrea I was gonna Pirlo. name my first kid after him. <laughs> no, I actually I um, almost convinced Katie of that. I almost got to, Mix. Like, I thought it was to a name good your name. daughter Mix. Well, no, if it was a son, like I was gonna, I was like yeah. Mix. Mix is a good name, and she said absolutely yes. not unless it's twins. 
Respect it. Respect it. <laughs> the the last NYCFC topic that I want to talk about is Ronnie Dyla, his place in NYCFC history, because it hasn't been many NYCFC managers, but we are we have been known to rotate managers every season and a half to uh to two seasons, right? Um so he now sits second all time in games managed in NYCFC history. He is second all time in wins as a manager, third all time in losses, which is a good thing. So flip it second all time and least amount of losses if you want to think what? about it that way is he um, good or what wait what he's good he, he's good <laughs> he's, he, he, all right so he's good he has lost the least second that's a sentence oh, that's oh good. my god yeah, this, is okay. a, this is a sentence <laughs> i cannot i cannot second all on. time in law wait what <laughs> all right, good for him. Good for wait, third all time in games lost losses. with 15 that's not really fair. Yes. Yeah, with Domi Torrent in fourth with thirteen losses, like he was yeah, only there for like he was like there for half a season, like and he lost. He was horrible, coached, though. He was so bad. He's coached the second most games, so I think that's impressive. All right, yeah, yeah, like together. when you do the stats, it's funny. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, and obviously, the only NYCFC manager to ever raise a trophy at the club uh, is, is Ronnie Diala, and. I think the main thing we should talk Make about is that he, he, he held up his promise <laughs> yeah. from when he first joined the league and He's did strip down naked push-ups at Providence Park in front of the team, reporters, the Cooligans, all that shit. Like he was there Stug. doing it. So Ronnie Dyla, just Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Um, but I mean, like, is there anything about Ronnie or the style of play you guys, you know, noticed or anything like that you want to talk about? If not, no worries. I pretty much just said all that to get out that Ronnie did naked push-ups, and that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Naked push-ups, fantastic. He How wasn't long, fully naked. He, when when did he right. join the team? Uh, last season was so twenty twenty was his first season. Twenty twenty two, and it was a full season, right? He started. Yeah, he had okay. Good for him. So he will be going into his third, third full season, season as NYCFC manager. Although Pep's coming. Which, Pep, yeah, Pep's, Pep's coming too. Yeah, but will Pep do naked push-ups? Oh. Bald man push-ups? I don't know. <laughs> I've mm. never seen a bald guy do a push-up I'm, before. I'm, never. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think you've ever. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I feel like I haven't either. What? <laughs> now that you say it. The only bald guys I've ever seen do push-ups are like in the military. So it is possible. Does that count? A bald man do a push-up. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen Mr. Clean do a push-up. I don't know. Have what you ever seen? About. I mean, did that you guy could definitely do a. Or, isn't that guy ripped? I think he could do a push-up. Mr. Clean is ripped. Yeah, he could do a yeah. push-up. He could probably push-up me. Yeah, he could. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Oh, New York City. Nice one. Yep, that was. Nice one. Nice <laughs> thank one. you. Thank you. Let's gonna, let, let's. Let's yeah. quickly flip to the other this side. This has been a very blue-centric podcast here for a minute. I mean, I knew I was going to make it that way. I just, I just That's all right. Did. You um, but Can't Portland wait to talk Timbers. about my DC Wait, who won? <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> Portland Timbers. Team, New York. Um, they lost? lost this game. Oh, Portland the Timbers team. lost. Mm. The trees. I have listed a lot of players here. We don't have to talk about all these players, but what I want to talk about is there, when you guys think about this loss, I think the first thing that kind of sunk in for me was that was potentially Diego Valeri's last ever appearance in a Portland Timber uniform. Kind of sucks. Freaking depressing. He lost the MLS Cup final at home 
coming on as a sub and you lost. So, I mean, our resident Timbers fan, Jason, you you think about this Diego Valeri career. I mean, oh that, my God. that has to be that has to be awful. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean to lose your last game and it be the MLS Cup and in PKs is brutal. But I I don't think any person in Portland's like oh, like it, it sucks, right, for Valeri. And it sucks to have a guy that's like such an icon for your team, such a legend for the organization, like go out in like a not great way. But his whole career, he's been awesome. And everyone loves him, even opposing fans at this point. Like you guys like him. I like him. Yeah. Like <clears throat> maybe Tom doesn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's reaction was like, <laughs> for someone who likes Seattle as much as I do, I really like Diego Valerio. Okay. You so. respect him. Well, Oh yeah, yes. That, that's a better Valeri. word. I know. So, I know nothing about Diego Valeri personally to like him or not, but I respect. Okay, well, yeah, him. I've sure. never met him either. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta have Google a guy if you're gonna like him. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you not like someone. It's Google. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but but yep. basically, my point is like his whole yes. career has been awesome. I don't think this one game. While it would have been awesome for him to go out on that win and just be like, "Yep, got the win." It's it's not like long term going to be like something that people remember about Valeri. Yeah. So you're, what you're saying is that if he retires, which it, it, it's rumored and most likely he does, Valeri deserves a golden statue, a, a wooden, I think, a yeah. wooden statue outside of Providence oh, Park. That would be so cool. Absolutely. Jo- Timber Joey, Timber Jason, and Timber Joey chopping down a tree to get, yeah, <laughs> carving up a carving up carving up a. What is that part of the tree? A trunk. <laughs> yep, the trunk of a tree. That uh, that really hurt me right there. That you didn't know. That. <laughs> I really should know that too. I work with trees. Oh, yeah, exactly. God. I know you do because you're because you're timber, Jason. Oh, yeah. um, oh, oh man. Oh, we'll, we'll, talk, <laughs> we'll talk more about um, Valeri's, I think, career uh, when and if he he officially retires. I don't want to kind of go too too high level on this, but uh, Sam. I don't know if you realized or if it took me saying it right now to realize that this was potentially Valeri's last game at MLS Cup at Providence Park. He was never able to – his only MLS Cup win was away, so he was never able to, I guess, win it in front of the fans. I'm going it. super negative here. Still yeah, won he it, still right? won it. Like, come it's on, negative, bro. Yeah. You're just trying to be mean. But, I, again, don't Google a guy. What does he care? <laughs> you won. He's not listening to this. How do you know? No. He's a friend of the pod. Hey, Timber Jason's got friends. Big Valeri fan over here, though. Like, I would love to talk to Diego Valeri. Yeah, I would go sit down for some eggs. I don't even like eggs that much, but I'd sit down and eat them with him. Okay. There you go. I think that's how we're ending that Diego Valeri conversation. (laughs) So I don't know what Tom's question was going to be, but now it doesn't matter. (laughs) No, that's it. Jason just ended ended the combo. Let's move on. I think that's a bad thing. Yeah, the the only other thing that I really wanted to mention, you know, we could talk about again. All a lot of these players have played in a bunch of MLS Cups um, yeah. for the Timbers. A lot of them have either lost one or two MLS Cups. I don't think that's anything career defining, um, unless maybe they go to another MLS Cup and they lose. Then maybe you start to look at some trends of certain players. But you know, I think I don't think you can really sit back and be like, oh, like. 
Steve Clark sucks because he's been to three MLS Cups and he's I lost. I think going you know to MLS like, Cup in general is not what easy. A it's I'm glad DC turned You've got to be kind of amazing to get there. <laughs> <laughs> the the only thing that I really feel like, um, I don't know why I feel like for a player, you really can't judge their career based off losses, but I feel like for a coach, you can. Right, because I feel like that's the one thing that's tangible, right? Like because as a coach, the media you win or you fucked lose. up, man. <laughs> and I mean, look, I, I'm fucked choose. up too. But Gio Savarisi, <laughs> his third MLS Cup appearance, his second loss, he but did he won make, one. He did win one, so. and he did win the MLS's back tournament too. So do you guys? That's a good point. Do you guys that's like take a negative a look? Cup. It's, it's barely a U.S. Open Cup, really. Um, <laughs> I'd trade 50000 in GAM for, for a MLS's oh. back tournament trophy. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. That was savage. Okay. That was an MLS oh, burn right there. Yeah, it's ever going to happen again. Only like 50 people know what you meant. <laughs> 50? Wow. I think you're overshooting it by a lot. Oh, I thought he was There's a lot of nerds on Twitter. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I, I need to do better at clipping stuff for like social media from this. I need to hire an intern to do that. You need, a, you need to have yeah. like a notebook and timestamp random stuff, bro. I do. I I, well, I guess we could do for... that too, dude. I'm you know, you could. About doing that. All right, forty-eight thirty. <laughs> um, I got okay. some posters so, here. <laughs> what I'm saying is, anyway. do you do you like does this loss does that impact your view of Gio Savarisi in any sense for you guys? No. Like, I always thought he was a good coach. I still think he's a good coach. I just don't think he's like a great coach. I think, like, look at the end of the day, like MLS Cup is tough, and you get there and you're up against a good team, no matter who you're playing, and like and it's it a PKs. it's a one game and it's on PKs like that. I tweeted this many times. I posted it on Slack. It's a freaking coin flip, like to an extent. The coin extent, flip by very luck of the draw. Like, I mean, the goalies can study as much as they want. It doesn't matter. I mean, like, I I think, like Sam said, like getting there is so difficult. How many coaches have been to three? Yeah, Brian Schmetzer, Bob Bradley. No, not Bob Bradley. Brian Schmetzer. Uh, Bruce Arena, Bruce Arena. Uh, Caleb Porter, Question maybe two, two, maybe. Oh, okay. hang on, that's a good question. How many MLS had coach? It's definitely Arena and Schmetzer. I don't know, I don't know anyone else that off the top of my head. Uh, Toronto, not what was there, not Bob. Who was, Greg who was coaching for Toronto for theirs? Greg Vanny. Has he been to three? Yeah, with Toronto. When they yeah. played Seattle three times. There you go. Is yeah, that, Greg Vanny. Was that three times? Oh, okay, so there, right there. The fact that it, this so there's like not even, four. I can't even have enough fingers. I have too many fingers. You have that. enough. You have more than enough fingers. Yeah, okay. I keep <laughs> them all on one hand and still have <laughs> leftovers. Sam's like, shut up. You have enough fingers. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I again at, at the end of the day, Joseph Reyes is a good coach, but but like Portland's such a well-run team, like you can put a lot of people there and and be in a good position. But in the position they're in, he's a good coach. Yes, I think that you could throw many people in that spot, and they would be good. They'd win. They'd be competitive. But I think yeah. it, you're right. 
And maybe I was wrong before. That, that team I is that very it takes a great old. coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Blanco. That team Charo, shouldn't Valeria have made right an last Cup final. That the really, like, they really so have. incredible. I'm going to be what? honest. Those guys They're lucky incredible. that yeah, they Diego... Salt Lake to be to get to so the final. I said this. I said this with Danny T last week when we were previewing the podcast. I think Diego Chara is still a top two defensive midfielder in the league at 36 years old. I'd still take him over. If you could tell me Diego Chara could be the number six for the USMNT right now, fucking throw him in. Let's go. Like, I love what Diego Chara does on the field. He he just, like, strikes Sam, Sam looks very like he disagrees. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I just don't agree. I mean, he's I don't really know about good, top two in the league, but he's, he's top yeah. five. All right, I'll, he breaks up so many smaller. plays. Who who else you you're looking at D mids right now? Strictly like I'm not talking um, box to box guys. I'm talking dudes who break shit up. Dudes who know when to get on. that yellow card. Diego Chara is like second best in the league without a fucking doubt in my mind. He, you know what he's really good at when someone soccer that yeah and Sorry, when an attacking player is like on a break this dude is always tracking back and he always wins yeah. those tackles his his on field intelligence like is ridiculous like and the dude is so being 36 yeah. <laughs> yeah and he doesn't miss games like it's ridiculous yeah. how good Diego Chara is for how long he has been uh, a player in MLS like I think like yeah, you have to look at like Joao Paulo, Diego Chara, um, probably Dax McCarty still, and like Matt Polster as D mids. Like I think those are. I like, forget the that four Polster dudes. plays D mid now. God damn it! Yeah, Polster, he's a good D mid too. Like he is, but he was not good. supposed to be. The fire could use so. Yeah, the fire, yeah, the fire could use right him. Yeah. Brandon Vincent, remember that, Jason? Brandon Vincent, oh, Matt Polster. Bro, we were so bad, we made Brandon Vincent retire. <laughs> you guys are the Detroit Lions of... <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to leave oh, studio. God. See ya. Peace. <laughs> I, I won't actually, actually, but that was really rude. All right. Please Salty. take it. Um, so, we, Sam, do you we have won any, before. Do you have, any, do you have any response to Diego Chara, or am I moving on? No, no, I okay. don't. There, there you go. He's there he, like, go. look, I do think Diego Char is really good. Top two in the league. I don't know, but I mean, it's just an arbitrary top number. He's, he's a top. He's a top D mid in the league. He's a top D mid still for sure. I will sure. argue. I, I like him a lot. The day I die, you can do that later. Twenty-seven <laughs> teams would want him. If you give me thirty-one yes. defensive mids in MLS, I will rate them, and then we can talk. <laughs> Deal. Because Deal. there's no I, list on the internet. So you bro, make that list. I went back from 2015 I know you did. to 2021. He's got a spreadsheet, Sam. I, I will share. My, I, I can't make share it. a screen it. on here. You I will come up it. with 31 D-mids. You can share your Give me 31 D-mids, and we will we'll talk about this on the next podcast. That's fine. Deal. Okay. Oh, we, we need a cut. We, we need some a few weeks of off season uh, coverage. Anyway, that's um, a good point. I'll come up with the game show for three weeks from now. <laughs> we are we are closing in so uh, <laughs> on the end of this episode. So I want to kind of quickly just go through a little bit of the expansion draft and, and one or two players that that have made some moves. So 
Um, really quickly, I'm going to go through it. So Charlotte FC, obviously the brand new team coming into MLS in 2022. They were able to select five players in the expansion draft to obviously help you know their roster build or trade away for value They'll if they that. want to, as, as many teams do. Um, just for, again, reference, in this year's draft, the Galaxy, Nashville, Red Bulls, Orlando City, and San Jose did not have a, could not have a player selected because Austin picked from them in um, 2020 or in the 2021 expansion draft. Um, so the five players that were selected, first of all, coming from Austin, um, Mackenzie Gaines, Anton Walks from Atlanta United, Joseph Mora from DC United, Tristan Blackman from LAFC, and Ishmael Tesori Shradi from NYCFC. Um, the first trade that happened that uh, Charlotte traded away, Tristan Blackman was traded to the Vancouver Whitecaps for $475,000 in general allocation money. And then Poor Ishmael Tajori Shradi, who I just saw in the mall like three weeks ago. So I guess I'll never see him again. Um, Tajori Shradi was traded to LAFC for $400,000. Bro, what? what kind of money. wheeling and dealing was that? So, Jeez, so yeah. Yeah. Charlotte came away with 75K? three players and basically a million dollars in general allocation money out of that draft. Um, so I guess looking at the high level thing, obviously I laid out the roster here for you guys and the money. Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 can we just back up yeah. really quick? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Did Vancouver just like, like burn $75,000? Like showed up 475,000. 475,000. Yeah. But then they traded him for 400. My high? Yes. What? Tristan Blackman was drafted by oh, Charlotte okay. I, and I then was, sent yeah, yeah, to yeah, Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this Sam, poor guy, I'm really glad yeah. you understood yeah. that because yeah. I did not know where Jason's brain was. I don't know where I was. Okay. This poor yeah, yeah. bastard was taken from Los Angeles to Charlotte, back to Vancouver, yeah. same, okay. same that, hour. That, that's what I was like sucks. confused by. Poor guy could have been on a good team. The Vanny Sartini effect, though, Sam. The Vanny Sartini effect. Fair enough. Maybe. So I'll start with, with the tradeaways. I want to start there. Tristan Blackman, let's just go with this. Going from, again, LAFC to Charlotte to Vancouver. I like him on Vancouver's like back line. Sartini was playing a back three at the end of last season. I really like the idea of Tristan Blackman in a back three. I think it works. I think he's very versatile. I think he can play many different positions along the back line. And, you know, really, if you need, a, need him to, like, bump up into a right wing back, he can also do that. So I think Vancouver, they obviously paid a lot of money for Blackman, but I think it was worth it if you can lock down a young yeah. a defensive American. I don't yeah. know if you guys have any takes on no, that. No, I, I totally agree. I think Tristan Blackman's a good pickup by Vancouver. At first, I thought it was a good pickup by Charlotte, and I was like, "All right, this is this I is good. This good seems coming together." Charlotte. Yeah, I I think, and then to be able to just send him for four seventy five like instantly, good for them because yeah. they're. I mean, Charlotte, I think knows exactly what they're doing right now. Unlike some teams who come into MLS, so like, I am excited to see. I think they know how to how to work the system. So. Yeah. I would have really liked to see Tristan Blackman on Charlotte's back line. Yep. I think he was he's yep. like a very young American you could build around a little bit, right? Um, 
But I think when a club offers you almost five hundred thousand dollars in, in in cash, right, for for someone like that, I don't think you can say no. So no, I I I understand why they traded Blackman. I just would have liked to see him in the kind of an expansion an expansion team like that. But I kind of feel the same way about Ishmael Tajori Shradi. Maybe I'm a little biased since he was an NYCFC player. Um, you know, four hundred thousand dollars though for for a winger. Again, I think an experienced MLS winger. When you are looking at LAFC's roster, I think it's another no brainer for Charlotte to kind of just be like, yeah, let's take the cash and, I mean, and it's nearly nine day for free, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just got those guys traded them. So. Boom, boom. obviously good. Like, look, like anytime, a starter on most teams. Legit, yeah, like. When he was on the ball in extra time of MLS Cup final, I was like, this dude's going to just hit one. Like, I'm convinced of it. Like, I wish he was on my team straight up. I wish he was on DC. He's very, very good. is NYCFC's all-time postseason goals goal leader. And that's why I felt that way, for sure. He's a very – he steps up in the playoffs. Well, then he'd be kind of useless on the fire because we don't make the playoffs. Fair enough. So LAFC could really use him. (laughs) You know, Vela, Tom's Arango, Ishmael Tajori Shradi, I think that sounds it's like good. a pretty strong front I mean, three for LAFC. And LAFC's got to kind of reset after the way things have been going for them and trading away, you know, players. And like, they they really need to, like, reset and rebuild. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I am... think Tajori Shradi is a piece to that. But, yeah, Jason. I have just a general expansion draft thought slash question you look tired yeah i'm always tired bro <laughs> right. i, I yeah. don't understand yeah. why i i think that it's agree or disagree i think that a team that just entered the league should not be able to be selected from you like mean austin. like austin like austin i think that's i feel like fair. they should have protection they played one season yeah, that's you that's should have fair. protection and, in your first. But then they year. like sign. McKinsey I mean, it's, games probably, it's from also like pretty rare, Germany. I guess, that teams. Well, maybe it's not that rare actually. That teams kind of just keep getting added in back to back years. But it seems yeah. to me like you shouldn't have I disagree. A you think it's better? Or I think okay? it's fine that Austin got players selected because it's not like like every play every team gets eleven players they can protect. And your homegrowns can't get selected, and Generation Adidas players can't get selected. So, like, you're no looking at a majority. I, the kids coming out of college who are good. Um, yeah, yeah, like, MLS some of them, but okay. usually not the number one pick. Yeah, so. they're, they're given, you know, like two years under an MLS contract where they are pretty much guaranteed a roster spot. That's all a Generation Adidas contract is. But, like you're pretty much guaranteeing that like more than half your roster is safe from being selected. Like I think it's fair. Like that's a good point. It. Honestly, I was just more more like, what are your thoughts? Because to me, it, yeah, no. At first glance, I, I, it I, does I, seem kind of crazy, but you're right. It does seem like, fucked if, up, doesn't it? If you can, if you can protect so many people, then yeah, whatever. And also, look, at the end of the day, a lot like Charlotte wasn't going to go in. And I saw people predicting that Charlotte was going to grab like the best five players available. You're not going to do that because you have mm-hmm. to pick up the contract with that yep. player. And Charlotte is not going to pick up a high level TAM or a DP contract because they want to pay their guy, not someone else's guy. So, like, yes, at the end of the day, the McKenzie Gaines pick is a value pick. Anton Walks is a value pick. 
Joseph Mora, I think, is a value pick in his own right, too. And then Blackman and Tajori Shradi, high, they're super high value, but you traded them away for a shit ton of I cash. think those Charlotte, are the way to do these expansion drafts. Get players and then you, sell them. You have to. You, you just have to speak to teams beforehand, because I'm sure they are, and be like, hey, yeah. if we get this guy, do you want him? Like, he's available for us to snag. How much will you be paying for him, basically? Yep. Sell the pick, essentially. And apparently... Apparently that's what happens with Tristan Blackman, that he was always that going sense. to the white caps. And so, I think that's like, like um, a genius move by a new team. Yeah, you instantly yeah. get a lot of money that you can then go out and get exactly who you want. Like, I think you should always go for like a young, super raw value pick. I think that's what the McKenzie Gaines pick was. Oh yeah. Um, that, that dude used to be like a top American talent in Europe. And then he mm-hmm. just, he never developed because he was on a, like a, a Bundesliga three level team who just wasn't gonna do anything. And he got brought back to MLS. And look, like if he's gonna get playing time for Charlotte, I think that's great. I think that's really good. I will say it's for a, a raw for talent. Though, well because he went to his hometown, Austin FC. He's probably all oh, that's he's at home. That's everything shitty. like that. And then Charlotte's like he's also not been come on to a Charlotte team for like eight straight years or like six straight Yeah, years. he doesn't he doesn't stick on a team long. So fingers crossed look, for sure. He's, he's still young. Fingers crossed that he's a young American who can, who can yeah. get some playing time at Charlotte at the end of the Heck day. Yeah. Or um, McKenzie Gaines. Yeah, Warren McKenzie Gaines. Um his brother's out in LAFC too. So yeah. that's cool too. Um, but I like I, I like what Charlotte did with this draft. My only concern right now for Charlotte's roster construction, and then we can move on if you guys have had nothing to say about this piece, is that I think the biggest issue that Austin FC faced. Well, Austin FC faced two issues with their roster construction in year one. One, Are we talking about Austin or are we talking about Charlotte here? I'm talking about Austin because they're the last expansion team to kind of like go judge okay. based off of. I got you. Um, the number one issue that I'm looking at and I'm still seeing with this Charlotte team, the same thing that I saw with Austin, is they don't have a dude to put the ball in the back of the net right now, right? Like you need a proven goal scorer. Oh, I, I wrote a blog up on the site. I mean, yeah, exactly. You have a 19-year-old who's never scored a first-team goal in his career. It's fine. Um, it's fine. But that's why when I, I put up a blog on the site, I think I thought Charlotte should have gone out for Will Bruin just to kind of bring in a veteran who knows the league. Yeah. Not If he scores 10 goals, great. If he scores five goals, great. But kind of brings that little bit of veteran leadership into the locker room. So, one, that's still one piece I'm highly concerned about. And two is that Austin never really grabbed, like, that – veteran or not even veteran like that american mls talent that you need to kind of fill out your roster right like a guy who knows the league who knows the travel who knows the wear and tear who knows the physicality all of that shit like austin never really picked that dude up and right now when i'm looking at charlotte's roster they don't have many of them who 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 know this yet as well so i'd like to see him kind of fill out their roster with maybe some starters or you know like high bench level players who know the league who are kind of just like adjusted to it. So even if a star player they bring in from overseas or South America or whatever, like isn't there for a stretch of the season, you can rely on a Dax McCarty. You can rely on a, you know, a Diego Chara, right? Like someone like that who knows the league, who's a stud, who's a veteran. That's what I like what Nashville did when they came in, grabbing McCarty and Annabelle Godoy. I think you can rely on those two in the center of the field. Even if you're playing your worst game, you got two dudes in the middle of the park locking it down. I would like to see something like that from Charlotte. So we'll see how they continue to construct the roster. But 
just my two cents so far from what I've More seen. from Vaughn later. Mm-hmm. Yes, Va- Vaughn yes. has been absolutely killing it, rolling around with the Mint City Collective recording podcast. I think he was at the expansion draft the other night, so yeah. definitely follow Vaughn on Twitter, VI out, at VI Pullman on Twitter, and you'll see uh, everything he's running around doing. And, and uh, you know, definitely, definitely keeping busy over there. Um, let's finish up this episode by really just kind of quickly going through some news pieces. I'll talk about a storyline. If you guys have something to say, jump on in, raise your hand. <laughs> I'll call on you like, like last, okay? Um, yep. the, the first thing that I wanted to mention was the first, I think, official move of the offseason. Lewis Morgan being traded from Inter-Miami to the New York Red Bulls for $1.2 million in GAM. Um, not that Lewis Morgan is this major talking point, I think, but, you know, as we know, Inter-Miami got fined $1.1 million for this upcoming season in GAM due to the 5DP, um, I guess, roster in 2020 and everything like that. So pretty much they were like, see you later, Lewis Morgan. Like, we're making all that money back. Like, let's start net zero and then build the roster from there. So Technically, I, it's I, not net zero because they lost a player. Well, you get what I'm saying. Like, they're like, <laughs> let's get to zero again. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. We'll, <laughs> And then we'll balance it out. But... I think it was smart for Miami to obviously Lewis Morgan, one of the rare players on their roster that has much value, if any. So yeah. they, they they did what they had to do there. Um, kind of hope they're next bad again. <laughs> You're not, not a fan of Miami. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I just want to be better than them. <laughs> the the I next just give Jason a hug. <laughs> 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 the, the next major move I want to touch on, LAFC selling defensive midfielder. This was probably one of the D-mids that if you told me it was better than Diego Chara, I would agree with, but he's no longer in the league. He would have been LAFC one of them. selling <laughs> defensive midfielder Edward Atuesta to um, Brazilian club Palmeiras for $4 million up front in a deal that could uh, grow to $7 million in total. I was a little torn on this, so I want to hear your guys' opinion. Is $7 million or a deal worth potentially up to $7 million, is that enough for Edward Atuesta? I, in my brain, I want to say no, but maybe I'm getting greedy with some of the big deals we're seeing right now. I think so. If it gets to 7 if it stays at 4 no way. I don't know. What are Do you the, think 4 up front is a no? I'd say 4 up front. What it so there's just some clause or something that if that he makes yeah it's like it's appearances, it's appearances so, um like goals, winning a trophy all that yeah. shit yeah yeah I'm yeah. closer to like nine I think it should have started at like like six and went to nine I like that yeah yeah or I seven mean, to ten like, or something like when you look at it all right like he's only twenty four he's easily one of the best players in the league like he's won a trophy with LAFC. I thought he was a Colombian international. He's not. So my apologies. I, I think I've said that on Twitter. Um, over 100 appearances for LAFC. Like, he's such a stud. And I'm like, four? Really? Like, that was it? Like Four yeah, sounds really know. low. When four, you... is, four is weak. Yeah. Like, Alfonso Davies was less proven leaving Major League Soccer than what Edward uh, Edward you could, was. You could easily argue that up. Like, I don't know how yeah. they settled on four. That That just seems really low. They must have been really low, like uh, achievements to get to seven. Yeah, the seven it must have been like something where it's like, okay, yeah, he has to play five games and, and I get a <laughs> half a mil. Like, okay, yeah. The seven seems definitely like okay, like 
Seven's closer good. to his value. What he should have been, yeah. but it should have been yeah. more like guaranteed seven. Yeah. With the uh clauses or whatever. My my only thing is like I really kind of hope there's a sell-on clause because like he's still only 24, right? So I'm hoping right. maybe a little football football manager has been thrown into this deal for LAFC <laughs> and you can sell him for like, you know, they get 30% of what actually, you know, and that's, that's definitely, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see anything of the deal. I'm sure there's people on Twitter who have, who have broken down what the contract looks like, but I'm just not overly thrilled with that number for, for LAFC and that's West, but he's going to a big name club like Palmyris, sick, good for him. I know he won wanted to go play there so happy for for Atuesta there um the the last move that I quickly wanted to talk about was today New England Revolution trading for the LA Galaxy midfielder winger whatever you want to call him Sebastian Legette for 1.3 million dollars in general allocation money I think this is probably the closest thing to a blockbuster trade that we're gonna have this offseason a lot of money. um yeah I mean want to start with that Sam that's a lot of money a lot of money <laughs> Who someone in Slack called them a backpass merchant? Is that what I saw? I've never that many no, no, okay. someone that many people on Twitter during USMT games call him a backpass merchant. Okay, so I've never heard that phrase before for him. Also, I think everyone on this podcast knows that I'm not high on Sebastian Legette for the national oh, team, but you know. I, I that's fine because I still <laughs> won that bet. He didn't score a freaking goal during the goal You're cup, right. but. You're right. But he's he's a really good MLS player, and I think this is a great move for the for the Revs. Like they they should be really happy with this. That's going to be a, a really as long as they hold everyone else together, a really formidable team in the East again next season that you're going to have to deal with. That's going to be kind of annoying, honestly, to be dealing with that. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, look, like they they sold Tejan Buchanan to Club Bruges, and I can yeah. see. Sebastian Lejet kind of going right into Buchanan's spot, but yeah. Jason, I mean, you saw. I, obviously, you saw this deal today. You know yeah. what was what was your thoughts running through? I like it honestly. I think that the the money, like what was it, one point two, one point three, one point three. It seems like a lot, and I would normally say that seems like too much for him, but he's only twenty nine. Like he he's not that old. He's got a good three four years that he should have of like really quality minutes. This Um, is his prime. Yeah. So I think it's a fair price for a guy like him. And like Sam said, he's been a good MLS player for a very long time. Um, Say what you want about his U S career. You know, I kind of lean towards, I like him. I don't know. Currently I would probably (laughs) rather take other people because his last couple of performances have been not so good. But I mean, overall, he's been solid in times where we haven't had many better options. So, yeah, I've I've not been a hater. <laughs> but I, no, I think the I, money's fair, and I think he's going to really come in and, and help them immediately. I mean, look, they, they so don't just need the, tons of help. But. No, I mean, they don't need tons of help. But you also, again, you have to replace a best 11 player in yeah. Tejan Buchanan. Yeah. yeah, And I think Sebastian Legette is easily one of those dudes. Obviously, Legette played for Bruce Arena when Bruce Arena was the manager of the Galaxy. So you're kind of reuniting a coach and a manager. I'm sure Arena went out and was aiming to get this done for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I like the deal. I like when a coach kind of knows the player he wants. And he's like, yeah, yeah like I'm going to go get my guy. And he, he has a plan for him so, already. 
Exactly, exactly. And talking about coaches in Major League Soccer, super quickly, two more spots have gotten filled. RSL have uh, officially signed Pablo Mastroeni as their full-time manager after their deep playoff run this offseason. And then FC Cincinnati go out, they sign longtime MLS assistant coach. Last year, he was with the Philadelphia Union as an assistant coach, Pat Noonan, giving him his first ever full-time manager role. Um, anything you guys want to say about either of these uh, manager managerial signings, moves, whatever? It's okay. Pablo Mastorani has a dope mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should bring it back, honestly. I think you should bring That's it back. I'm you know, yeah, he's he is he's a really good coach. He's an MLS legend, and, and you know he he did well with an RL RSL team. The thing is, like, he kind of earned it on the back of a lot of luck. So we'll see how he does um, next season. But you know, yeah. hey, nothing against it. Like he he played or he had a very good Colorado team at one point. <laughs> That went to the Western Conference Final. Like he, he's a good coach. Uh, he just, you know, I think it, it'll just be more, more of those like time will tell kind of things. No, for sure. And just to kind of give a quick note about the Noonan signing, um, I like it. Jason similar yeah. to kind of Ezra Hendrickson. Like yeah. he's been an assistant under some of the. He best gets his chance, honestly. History. He deserves yeah. it. Hundred percent deserving. So definitely excited to see him, uh, see him grow, flourish, see if he can maybe be the guy to finally write the ship for Cincinnati. God, Doubt we all it. hope so. Feel bad for him that that's Doubt his first it. opportunity, but... <laughs> I think he's he makes six months on the job, but, I mean, it's totally fine. We'll see We'll see how that goes. Hey, he um, must be positive. He took it. <laughs> I think I think Cincinnati keeps him for the, the whole full season just because, like... Nope. nope. Even, they don't, they're, they're just bad. They're going to lose. Yeah, but they have way too high expectations they gotta for a stick team as shitty someone. as they are. They have to stick with someone. No, they you don't. have to they eventually. Don't have to. They do. Well, Otherwise, they're going to be you, bad for You have to. Literally, no, Sam, you Pep, have can't, to. Pep can't fix that team. Pep like, could fix that team. Who doesn't Pep can't fix that. Pep? Pep with $1 billion could fix that team. You have That's to it. stick with a coach eventually. To no, be eventually successful. they do, yes. but they won't. But they won't. Is the do front it. office going to do that? Exactly. No. So that, that's no. that. That's where we're at. The front All office right. does Rip not Pat match. Job before he even really. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right. The last Pat thing. Newman's ready. Like, he's got this. Yeah, totally. God, like, positivity, got guys. Like, the, I believe the last him. thing. That I want to say is quickly, the CCL draw happened for 2022. Seattle playing Montegao. Colorado Rapids playing Comunicaciones. Jesus. NYCFC is playing Santos. The Revs are playing a Cavalry SAS. Um, and then I think the toughest draw, like pretty much I think those are all wins for MLS teams. Sorry Shove to the Guatemalan, Honduran <laughs> first divisions and the Haitian first division. But um, yeah, Montreal got fucked here. Uh, so CF Montreal will <laughs> yeah, be playing Santo Laguna in, in the first round. And also, Sam, shove it Canada. Forge FC drew Cruz Azul, I think. So, shove it uh, Canada. Should have given sorry, it to Canada. Pacific for winning the league. I don't know. I'm just saying Pacific <laughs> should have gotten it. They deserve two. They deserve two spots. Remember when we talked about um, that? And I, I had trouble saying the word cavalry or whatever. Yeah, because you thought it was Calgary. I had flashbacks to it just when you were reading these right now because cavalry for yeah. <laughs> revs. Tom's been playing a lot is... of football manager. So he's got this. I have been. I, I think I could turn around FC Cincinnati with, with the 
hundred billion dollars. A yeah, hundred billion dollars. Yeah, you get a hundred more billion than Pep got. Yeah, I think you yeah. could. I deserve it. I deserve it. A hundred billion dollars. Um, anyone could. You know. could give the player a billion dollars. I could be like, hey, Messi, here's six billion. Come play. No, 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 no. I mean, you only have four no. billion left. No, I have a hundred. I, I would have ninety-four oh, billion. You have ninety-four left. billion left. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could get anyone oh. I wanted. <laughs> I yes. can name one manager in in history of MLS that would not do well, even if they were given that money. Bruce Arena. It is, if it's a manager no, that know. managed the fire, I will be sad. No, no, no. Who Bottom was the dude who managed the Revs for like half a season? Brad Friedel. <laughs> no, Friedel had like two years. Um, Did he? All, oh all my god, it was so Nelson long. Rodriguez is running that basketball, uh, that uh, soccer operations. They're not going anywhere, even with a hundred billion. <laughs> all right, I won't is. drag this on longer for you guys or the listeners. They're enjoying um, it. Everyone, <laughs> I'm, I mean, look, I'm, I'm having a great time. Yeah, drinking that milk over there. Oh, it's mainly because this is it. Campeones. So, Wait, who won? Uh, uh, this team right here. Nope. That's here. a hat. That's oh, a hat. Adidas won. Oh, Adidas won? <laughs> they finally won. Adidas something. always wins. Adidas yeah, no matter what, wins. Adidas wins. They also always lose. <laughs> yeah, true. True. All right. Thank you guys for listening to episode 207 of the MLS Aces podcast. Sam, Jason, it was good to have uh, it was good to have you guys back for a full episode. Um, black, black. Next week begins the the next week begins the off season fuckery that is this podcast. So please, uh, if you are willing to deal with us for for some time next week, apparently we're ranking like three weeks in the entire league. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. happening. Oh, it's it is going to be an hour long D mid ranking conversation. So join us next week and uh, we will, we will talk to you all again soon.